Welcome to episode number 140, Mind Games. I am your host, Damon Soka. The mind is a wonderful thing. If you really consider that small amount of gray matter and everything it does and can do and is doing and will do without you even considering it, the mind is a marvelous thing. It is the intersection of the spiritual and physical. It's where we gather information, interpret life, and create reality. Within its confines lies an eternity of spiritual experiences and realities lived before this very short mortal life. It contains the programming and wiring necessary to monitor and run the complex chemistry of the body without conscious effort. We rarely even think about all the processes and tasks it completes until, of course, one of those processes stops working or becomes weakened. But even when processes go awry and we desire to fix the problem as it were, we can't just run into the programming part of the brain and alter the code. There are parts of our brain and processes that are really off limits to the direct conscious side of things. We can't necessarily think about increasing our heart rate to a certain level or limiting our blood pressure. Sure, we can calm the mind by limiting the inputs or information flow, and that will certainly have effects upon blood pressure and heart rate, but we don't have a sliding button that allows me to set my heart rate between 60 and 80 beats per minute and lower my blood pressure back down to 120 over 80. Millions upon millions of events in the body are controlled subconsciously, and we don't have a direct access to them. Even what we feel and how we perceive the outside world have some fairly serious subconscious elements to them. We can't always control what we feel. Feelings are simply the interpretation of the conscious and subconscious signals the body sends off. Feelings come, though, from a variety of sources in the body. Now, we have a subconscious set of brain and body chemistry that determines how we feel. Much like the blood pressure or heart rate, there are certainly things we can do to consciously influence how we feel and to adjust that chemistry, but for the most part, that chemistry is handled subconsciously. I wish we had a sliding button on the back side of our brain just under the skin so we could adjust that chemistry to where we want it, but there are likely probably good reasons why we don't have full control. Interestingly enough, our feelings and our reality are altered by a variety of conscious things we can do. But at the same time, our feeling signals don't always adjust to those conscious efforts to change them. Sometimes small things can matter a great deal. For instance, if you take a small pharmaceutical pill, your feelings can adjust dramatically. And yet, at times, even large events, events in our lives don't make much difference. It can be maddening, the lack of control we possess over our feelings and brains at times. However, the scripture teaches a few things about our brains and emotions. The first is, is that they are wired to seek joy or happiness. One of the most profound yet simple scriptures in the Book of Mormon states that men are that they might have joy. Our spiritual mind is centered on seeking and maintaining joy. Joy or happiness, if we can use them in the same context, is a concept that I'm not sure we fully understand. If I asked you to describe happiness or joy, what would you say to me? Strangely, we know what it is, but we can find it difficult to describe. Many times we actually describe joy in terms of pleasure 
although that is not what it is. There is a distinct difference between pleasure and happiness. When we talk about pleasure, we talk about experiences and events that bring a chemical reaction or reward to the brain and body. For instance, when we eat, our body produces a chemical that rewards the brain and body. Same is true for relationships. We feel energetic, excited, exuberant when we relate to someone else or, as we call it, love them. Our brain rewards us when we create relationships. So much so that a new relationship can bring a type of pleasure euphoria. If you review modern psychology, much of what, pre what is presented is rooted in pleasure and the chemistry of the body. That, of course, makes good sense. Psychology can really only interpret what it sees, and that is mortality. If we look at the scriptures, or look at what the scriptures call happiness or joy, we find a much deeper, richer, and more complex meaning. It includes pleasure as part of its definition, but what might be referred to as a parsed pleasure, meaning that joy requires that we place limits on pleasure and through conscious means and actions. Pleasure to the extreme is very problematic from many perspectives, but in almost every case, pleasure in excess runs towards addiction and destruction. We can be addicted to anything that provides this pleasure chemistry. Food, intimate relationships, external drugs, sleep, exercise, body image, power, popularity, and the list goes on. Addictions are in the most simplistic form of chasing pleasure. I know that makes them sound a little innocuous. If you're chasing pleasure, then you can just stop chasing pleasure, right? But there is another side to pleasure. It's always short term. To maintain the pleasure chemistry, not only must you continually feed the body chemistry, pleasure button, but because the body has some limits placed on continuous pleasure, you must increase the dosage, as it were, over time to achieve the same result. In addition to this increase, you can't also cannot just abruptly stop, as pleasure has an alternate side. Once the pleasure chemistry runs its short course, the reward stops, and the removal of the reward chemistry now causes one to fall back into perhaps a more normal chemistry or rebound to the other side of pleasure, which is pain. Pain is worse than pleasure chemistry, and at times even more motivating. Our body desires pleasure, but it is very attuned to avoiding pain. So attuned that we will overcome almost any obstacle to remove or limit its effects. One of the strongest motions in the body is the survival instinct, and pain can even overcome that emotion. That is the basic definition of suicide. However, under reasonable restrictions, pleasure is actually an important part of joy. Joy in the sense of spirituality and the scriptures is an interesting emotion. If you consider what the scriptures teach about joy, joy is limiting pleasure to within strict standards and changing one's nature from self-seeking to selflessness and community. When we review the scriptures in search of how to obtain joy, we find two avenues that run together. The first of these avenues is stated in the second of the great two commandments, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It is to overcome or limit our selfish pleasures and to consider the community as important as the individual. 
Pleasure's nature is not selfless. It is doing whatever is necessary to obtain the chemical reward. This prioritizes the individual over the community and almost always leads to detrimental effects, both for the individual and the community. Joy is actually found in the healthy balance of the individual and community. Now, because by our mortal nature, we already focus on ourselves and our pleasure, much of the gospel and joy is focused on serving others or the community. Joy is actually found in a healthy balance. The second avenue of joy is found in what we refer to as a loving God, which means that we accept that he has obtained a fullness of this joy, and we commit to learning how to do the same through his guidance and direction. Yes, loving God does mean more, but this is actually a very easy way to approach it. Joy also means that we willingly accept and invite the Lord to change our natures. Our nature is our true core beliefs, desires, motivations, and emotion, both spiritual and physical. It is what motivates everything we do and drives us to action and allows us to make decisions. It is a part of that emotional system of the spirit and body. When we love God, we seek for him to change our nature to be as he is, with the intent that we will also receive a fullness of joy as he does. One of the most interesting things about the emotion of joy is that it does not rely on short-term chemistry that fades. Because joy comes out of a change of nature brought about by the atonement of Jesus Christ, it remains constant and intact as long as we continue to pursue that healthy emotional balance. When we look at pleasure and joy, we often think of pleasure as emanating from the mortal body and joy from the spiritual body. The truth is, is that it is probably not the case. Our spirits are likely very similar to our mortal bodies in the sense of pleasure and joy. Otherwise, Lucifer and the pre-mortal life would not likely have taken the selfish journey he did with so many others. His nature was selfish to the core, and that comes of pleasure. While I am not certain exactly how the spiritual body works considering pleasure, it can be assumed that pleasure is likely to be a part of it which is actually important to understanding of the spirit world after this one, and how someone could or would not accept the gospel. If the spirit is under similar chemistry pressures, pleasure and joy, as the body is now, then changes in the spirit world would be similar to mortality. Now, there is something important about the pleasure or body chemistry of pleasure. It is very important to our bodies. When the pleasure chemistry goes awry, we find all sorts of problems, one of them being mental illness. This is one reason mental illness and addiction are so interconnected. The pleasure chemistry, within limits, is very important to our overall happiness and joy. We need this chemistry as part of our joy and to keep life in balance. Remember that pleasure chemistry requires consistent inputs, as it is temporary. Also, in the absence of the pleasure chemistry, we experience pain. When the pleasure chemistry runs amok, we experience mental illness. And because the pleasure, that chemistry, is part of the emotional experience of joy, we can also feel the loss of joy. In an attempt to alter this chemistry and bring it back into more normal levels, many, almost every individual, use various internal and external drugs. 
and this creates a dependency upon that drug to balance our pleasure chemistry. And as the body tends to place limits on the consistent use of a particular drug, we have to increase our dosage. And that creates addiction. Addiction, in the sense that it is rebalancing our pleasure system, is actually not necessarily a bad thing if we are working through the process in the correct manner. Let me repeat that. Addiction, in the sense that it is rebalancing our pleasure system, is not actually a bad thing if we are working through the process in the correct manner. For instance, we daily use a supplement or a pharmaceutical to rebalance the system, and we don't do so to excess. This type of addiction is not necessarily a bad thing. Using appropriate substances in appropriate quantities regularly can be termed addiction, but not in the bad sense. Because our pleasure chemistry is out of balance, we will tend towards addiction to counterbalance the problem. The important thing about addiction is to avoid the bad addictions that lead to eventual destruction of the body, spirit, and down the road, the community. Why all this discussion of pleasure and joy? Why focus on understanding this interplay of the forces? Because we often confuse joy and pleasure. More often, pleasure is confused with joy, and that is apparent almost everywhere in our society. The chasing of pleasure have been, has been elevated to worship status. The societies we live in seek and search out pleasure, and we are taught in every form of media that pleasure is exactly what we need to be happy. The truth is, as I have said, pleasure is only a part of joy and must have limits for joy to be fully felt. In order to have joy, which is lasting happiness, we must follow the plan laid out by our Father and Savior. Certainly, there are many who seek to make their own plans and to seek joy in other ways, but the pattern for joy was established long before this earth, and because the laws that govern it are eternal and unchangeable, no matter of searching outside of what of that pattern is going to create joy. As much as we try the laws of governing pleasure and joy, as much as we try, the laws of governing pleasure and joy have already been established, and there is no way for us to change those. Now, this does, however, help us who suffer. Far too often, we spend a great deal of time balancing our pleasure imbalance without considering what we still need to work towards joy. Yes, it takes a great deal of effort and time to manage the pleasure chemistry when we are afflicted with mental illness. But if we focus too much on this chemistry, we will actually end up entirely focused on pleasure rather than joy. And when we focus slowly, solely on body chemistries that balance pleasure, we will slowly lose our connection and focus to joy. When we focus on joy, we still work on maintaining a healthy pleasure chemistry, but we are able to avoid difficult addictions and the destructions that come with a solely pleasure focus. What does this look like? We approach daily life with the understanding that even though our pleasure system has gone awry and we are working to bring it into a semblance of normalcy, we need also to focus on changing our nature and balancing service to the community. Because our pleasure system is fluctuating, this focus on joy will certainly vary based on what we are able to accomplish.
But the Lord never said that we had to accomplish a certain quantity of service. The quality matters far more than the quantity for the Lord. And he asked that we do what is in our capacity. So this means that we spend time rebalancing our pleasure chemistry through all the methods that we have discussed in this podcast. And while we are focused and working on that process, we continue to do what we are able to increase our joy. Now, I have met many individuals who have simply given up on joy and have turned their lives entirely to rebalancing the pleasure chemistry. It can feel easier and seem less complicated to focus on that chemistry and on ourselves. Community living, especially within our current society and within a social church, can create stresses and pressures that we will struggle to corral within our mental illness and this chemistry. If you've ever felt anxiety and or depression, you can likely empathize. And so I have seen many simply walk away from those pressures to avoid the chemistry imbalance that comes with them. Now, while I agree that reducing those pressures is important to the illness, one cannot walk away from those pressures entirely without walking some distance from the covenants and service that bring joy. And so, we must do as much as our body will allow to create joy. Now, I have discussed this reduction to appropriate social levels regularly. We must not run faster than we have strength, but we still need to run. Bowing out of the race entirely will eventually cause more problems than the solution. In the end, we must trust that the Lord will provide, even if for the moment it may not feel as though he is there. May you continue to seek joy in your life while you balance the pleasure chemistry. Until next week, do your part, no matter how small, and allow the Lord to do his.